You're listening to Ahead of the Curve, a TU Dublin podcast sponsored by Advanced. Advanced is a leading provider of people management solutions for HR professionals. Today, Kira Nolan is joined by Aileen Bailey, the HR Director for the IRFU, the managing body of Rugby Union on the island of Ireland. You're very welcome, Aileen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. And thank you. So obviously, uh, we might just uh, acknowledge the day that's in it. Uh, maybe prophetic that we're talking to you on today of all days, the day in which the Rugby World Cup is actually commencing. So how do you rate Ireland's chances? Oh, really good. Really good. I'm really excited um, for the next few weeks. Everyone is in the office. Um, but yeah, we're we're feeling excited, definitely. So Aileen, we might start with your career to date. Maybe you could talk me through your own career path, a little bit about the roles and you've had, the experience you have, and what has brought you to where you are now. Yeah, no problem. Um, I would have graduated from DCU in 2004, which is a while ago now. So I'm out kind of 19 years at this stage. So I would have, as soon as I finished up there that summer, I would have started actually in AIB. Um, and I spent um, a couple of years there. I went to Australia and back to AIB. So I would have worked in the HR departments from um, the very beginning. I've been lucky. Um, that's where I wanted to to work um, since I did a work placement actually um, during school in a HR department. And for whatever reason, that appealed to me. And that's what I studied in DCU. So um, HR from the get-go. Once I finished up in AIB, I started in a recruitment company um, for probably a year, year and a half. And then I saw the opportunity within the FAI. So that was kind of a pure HR role, very much generalist. And that's what attracted me. Um, I suppose the variety, get involved in different things. Also, the department was only a year old, really. They hadn't had HR okay. before that. So um, when I arrived on the first day, it was kind of eight boxes, you know, let's get in, get stuck in. So I worked um, with a guy there, Stephen Driver, who's the HR director at the time. And um, so it was all about setting things up. So it was really exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was that challenge. And then it, Obviously, the, the love came for the football and all the staff that um, that work there. Really passionate. There's something very special about working within a, a sports organisation. So I was there for about five and a half years and then decided, you know, a change. There's been a lot of change there. And I just decided um, I wanted to try maybe a different industry. So I worked over a couple of years in an airline and then comms um, company, which I really, really enjoyed. And then while on mat leave with my second boy, Rory, um, I started interviewing for the RFU they kind of approached and um, I was successful. And after maternity leave, I started in there as um, HR manager with the RFU. So next week, I'm actually with the RFU nine years, um, which is a long time. You know, in this day and age, people don't necessarily stay for for such long um, stints in a company. But I suppose things have changed. I would have taken on um, HR manager of the RFU and then my remit kind of broadened. So I suppose now as HR director, I would look after HR for the IRFU and then the function of HR for the four provinces. So in each of the provinces, they have a head of HR and that um, the function then would answer into me in um, in the IRFU. So it's exciting. There's lots going on, lots of variety, as you can imagine. Um, and um, it's an exciting time, obviously, to be involved at the minute. But um, I always find it exciting. It's nice to be for me to be kind of invested in the end product and kind of enjoy what's going on. I think for me, I'll always work for 
um, a brand. I have worked for big brands all along and I'm year 15 in sport. This is definitely, um, I'll put it out there, definitely my last um, role in sport. Um, and But I really, really um, have enjoyed the time and no plans to leave anytime soon. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, no plans to leave anytime soon. But um, yeah, it definitely makes the the hard days easier um, working for someone or a company, sorry, like the, the RFU. Super. And have you noticed any particular changes in your role? Um, I suppose specifically within the last five years, there's obviously a lot of talk of big data and technology, AI. I mean, maybe not those trends, but anything else that you've noticed in terms of how your role has changed? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely those areas. But I suppose since COVID, um, we would never have had an issue with, um, I suppose, attracting or retaining staff. But, you know, since you know, that, that, that came, I suppose it's still kind of around at the moment. Mm. We're finding it more and more difficult. I think during that period, people kind of assessed, you know, what, where yes. they wanted to be, maybe relocated, move countries, you know, different things. People's priorities changed. We also unfortunately lost, um, you know, 20 staff during that period just due to the finances. Um, course, rugby kind yes. of stopped for a period of time. So there's, there was lots of change with that. But I think just generally over the last few years, um, the candidate coming to whatever company, you really have to be on your game in terms of, you know, well-being, your policies. It's it's kind of more, um, they're, you're obviously interviewing them, but they're also interviewing you. Absolutely. And they want to know where you stand on dignity at work, you know, well-being. What are you doing in terms of menopause? Like what's happening? Um, um, even down to um, what you're doing kind of in, you know, sustainability within the, in the business, all that kind of thing. So you're finding there's lots of questions at the end of, of interviews, which is really good because when you do get to that, that final stage and someone does accept the role, you know, that they're invested in you and, and you are back. So um, I'm actually finding it nice, um, a nicer process um, now, oh. but yeah, there's been lots of, lots of um, changes. Definitely no time in HR to be kind of sitting back on your laurels. There's always different things to be doing, reviewing and keeping it um, on top of different like legislative changes and just different things that are happening. Just mm -hmm. watching kind of what's happening around you and, and responding to it. I think that really it. speaks to the fact that it's a business role. And I think that can be the mm. mis misconception of HR sometimes is that you do need to know your business as well. And, and, and because people are interested in, in the bigger picture, as you said, with sustainability, obviously, which is very prominent. Yes. I suppose it leads me nicely into what I want to talk to you about next, which is the great place to work. You, you, you touched on some of the initiatives there, but the IRFU has been very successful, obviously, in its certification as a great place to work. This being the, the fourth year now you've received the award from the, from the Institute. Can you tell me a little bit about what you think makes the IRFU such a great place to work? Um, yeah, we were four years and we've gotten it for years kind of consecutively, which yes. is which is great. Um, I think the IRFU are a great place to work because they listen to their staff. So there was definitely a lot of work went on before we engaged with um, Great Place to Work. But I suppose we went into it not necessarily expecting to achieve the certification. We went in looking for their guidance in terms of the framework. Um, the survey back because it was anonymous. So um, obviously we were we were chatting to staff already. We had different forums set up, but I felt you know this was kind of the next step. Let's see what what people really think, what people really want. Um, so they they kill me in the great place to work, but I always when they come in to do the report, I'm flicking to the last few pages. What are staff wanting? You know. Yeah. 
let's let's do it let's action it so that's kind of the exciting part for me it's fantastic obviously to achieve um and get the accreditation year on year we're naturally um a competitive animal uh, within the IRFU on and off the pitch so um they love they love a badge or a medal um in there so that that definitely helps when we do achieve in that area so um but it's just the framework and the advice that's given um is is really really helpful but i think with the IRFU, they'd made some really positive changes um, over the time. When I come in originally, there was a survey done just kind of internally um, just to see kind of where things were at. And um, there, there was lots of um, room for improvement. So it was about tackling kind of each of those areas. So we worked, I suppose, about that kind of for the first three or four years, just really kind of honing in on what um, the staff wanted, changes that were needed, et cetera. And then we kind of embarked on a great place to work journey. So I think it's just listening to staff um, and um, I suppose improving things, putting policies in place that weren't there before, um, different ways of working processes. And there was a huge amount of work gone into that area. So, um, yeah, just responding to staff and uh, just keeping up to date with what's going on mm -hmm. just in terms of our network and the great place to work network is really really helpful you kind of engage with others and you think okay that looks that really works for that company how could we make that or adapt it for it to work for the IRFU yes. and just being constantly I think you need to be interested um when working in HR you just need to be interested in the area and just want to improve and make those small little gains kind of each mm -hmm. each year. So I get I get kind of excited. I'm a, a true HR nerd. When we get the the results back in, I'm like, oh, what are people thinking? And you know, you know, we, we've done we have done well. Um, we've done really really well in some areas. But I'm like, how do we get this other area up? Yes. Um, on the same level as and maintain. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be difficult because you're thinking, you know, some people can be quite you know, passive, you know, saying, oh, well, you, you know, you, you you achieved it last year, the year before, of course you're going to. I was like, no, you need to keep working at it. <laughs> it's not something that you can kind of park up and move on from. Um, you just have to keep kind of chipping away at it because I suppose what it looks like at the moment, it might look the same way yes. in the IRFU in a couple of years time. You know, people change, different needs change. So you have to stay agile with it. And I suppose mm -hmm. that's what kind of excites me that it's not, um, I suppose it's not ever finished. Yes. You just keep keep going. And as long as the scores are maintaining or going up, um, I'm happy. And Great Place to Work has also evolved a lot. There's there's different awards that they um they give um out, which kind of allows a company to kind of bring their best self as well, because you're not going to be able to tick all the boxes in all of the areas, but there's 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 something for everybody. Um we were we're so lucky in that we um achieved the culture award earlier this year Fantastic. no one was more surprised than, than me <laughs> we went into the room and um it was I was sitting beside the the head of uh, comms and he said oh, I think we're safe enough we won't have um gotten any additional awards so when you when you get invited to this award ceremony you're you're you've kind of achieved the great place to work you find out your ranking on the night and then you've your best workplace as well um which is great in itself but you do hear about the special awards but he he was confident um that we were we're sitting in a safe spot that we we definitely wouldn't be called up so um but we did. We we won the first award, the the culture award, and um, yeah, it was it was really special. Super. It was really special. Could you tell yeah. me about some of the initiatives that you introduced that you felt you feel you know enabled you to achieve such a, a prestigious award? Yeah, I think it was the family friendly policies. That's what they they said on the night, and that for me, even just looking at it, that was the real turning point for the IRFU. Okay. Um, in the the introduction of those, and it was a big step, and it wasn't that anybody was ever 
you know, anti um, doing anything, you know, in this area or um, it it just evolved that way. We got the kind of the foundations right and then it was kind of the, the next step. So the family friendly policies, I suppose, involve um, surrogacy leave. Fertility leave um, and carers leave, and the phased return to work is also included there for um, maternity when people are coming back from maternity. So, we've worked with um, different companies, um, such as you know Women's Aid. Um, you know, people can be going to different um, things within their lives, and um, they bring themselves to work. We want them to bring their best selves to work, but we understand there are other things that are going on in people's lives, struggles with fertil- fertility, or mm-hmm. maybe different family struggles. So we obviously have the basics like the EAP um, in place. We offer different counselling services. With that, we have an umbrella wellness um, program. This um, and it's. They, both live and recorded um, sessions for people. So whatever is topical, we'd respond from the different surveys or just different feedback we get from our employee forum groups or our mental health first aid group. But I think the policies were kind of the next step. And if somebody has, um, you know, a partner that is um, undergoing kind of surrogacy treatment, we also give leave to the staff member within our um, building as well. So we've we've really done a bit and then a little bit more and um, we really want to look after people and um, I said this before on um, another interview that I did like I got approached by um, a peer and they were like why are you putting all these policies in place like mm-hmm. they're not necessarily coming up within this organization I said but you never know when they're going to and we're also trying to work on our employer brand obviously retention um, yes. of the staff that we have but also attracting other staff in there and we want this place to be truly a great place to work and for people to be able to live their lives and potentially stay for 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 a very very long time and mm-hmm. uh, and work there and feel and I mean we had great responses from staff like some of these policies might necessarily be applicable to them but they were like this is amazing that you're doing this to care you know for the staff mm-hmm. and um I suppose part of it, um, Linda is, um, Murphy is my head of HR. She's off on maternity leave. So she would have um, done a huge amount of work on this. And the conversations myself and herself would have had around this is like, this is going to evolve. This is, these policies are probably going to get bigger or change. And it's about starting the conversation and having that open door policy that people mm-hmm. will come. Well, listen, they're they're doing a policy on that or they're open to giving us leave for this. So maybe in my situation, they would do x y and z for me or this is happening in my life so and it's I mean we always felt that people we had an open door policy and people came to us and we'd lots of of chats and good relationships um with staff but my god when we put the family friendly policies um it opened the doors further and it's been a massive success it really has fantastic no it's very inspirational Mm. hearing you talk about these things and for companies to actually be taking not doing the the basics but going that step further fantastic yeah really but you can't do it yet and thank you but you can't do it on your own I mean it'd be frustrating if I was working in a different um maybe a different company that weren't open to all of this Mm -hmm. but like you can't kind of do it in isolation like HR can't be kind of banging the drum on their own it needs to be bought in from the top table so I've been really lucky um Philip uh, Brown was CEO for most of my time in the RFU. He's he's now retired and, and Kevin Potts is in there now the last couple of years. And both um, CEOs were really, really open to change and making things better for staff. Like they want people to be happy and they want it to be a brand. People Super. are proud to 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 work for. Um, so yeah. it's I'm pushing against an open door, which is great. 
Fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. So we might move on um, to kind of, I suppose, close the podcast. Um, you obviously have a lot of uh, excellent experience in, from your own career, but our podcast is targeted at a broad range of students, both undergraduates who are potentially thinking about a career in this area or who've, who are doing an undergraduate degree in HRM and going, where do I start or what skills <laughs> do I need? But it's also targeted at our postgraduate students, those who maybe have their first or even one or two HR roles under their belt and they may want to advance their career. So maybe we could speak to that a little bit. What advice, first of all, you might give to those um, embarking on a career in the field of yeah. HR? Yeah, well, um, HR is uh, is exciting. I think you need to to like people. Um, you need to be super patient. Um, sometimes patience of a saint are required. Um, you need to have really strong communication skills, both um, written and um, and verbal. You need to be really, really organized, I think, because within any HR department that I've worked in, um, different priorities come in. You need to be really flexible. Um, and I think you need to be, when you're starting in your career, you really need to listen to what's going on and really learn um, the business. And then also at the same time, learning what you enjoy doing. Um, I've worked in bigger HR departments. I've also done solo. Um, you know, people prefer prefer different things. I personally prefer working as part of a team. Mm -hmm. I think if you're starting in, advice to somebody starting in in their early career is, I suppose, to to lean on other people within the team or different um, peers or senior people within the business and learn what's going on. Ask to be involved, put your hand up and, you know, get involved. Okay, so you might be looking after recruitment or a certain specific area within HR. But if you, you know, if I get my work done, can I can I listen even in on that yes. project? Look, what's going on? What went well? Ask questions, be curious. Um, I probably asked too many questions when I, I started off. I was very <laughs> eager and ambitious, like I kind of knew where I wanted to go in my head. And I think quickly you'll decide whether you want to um, go down like a specific road, maybe like comps and bends or recruitment mm -hmm. or whatever specific area within HR, or you might want to do a generalist role. Yes. Um, I like variety. So I hope that I will work in HR for the, the rest of my working career. And I hope it's always in generalist roles. I really enjoy mm -hmm. the variety of that. But I think you should never think you're the finished article either. And that goes for um, undergraduate or postgraduate. Um, always learning and mm -hmm. that's learning from people that are more senior at the same level and more junior than you listen keep your ears open you know get on LinkedIn read journals join different groups um read books that interest you like chat to people about HR like that's what you need to be doing and mm -hmm. always always learning because it just doesn't stop um CPD is always available I think you need to yes actively go out and put yourself out there and and go to events like there's lots when you actually get into the workplace um yes. there'll be things going on like locally to you different legal firms will be doing mm -hmm. things you know yes. you might be a member of IBEC or um Graphite HR or whatever it is that you're um involved in and just put yourself out there and put the time in mm -hmm. and um that's how you'll get better and better and kind of grow the the breadth of experience and your thought process around different things so I would just be putting my hand up for for whatever was going on. But I do think you need um, you need patience. You need to work hard and you need to be committed yes. and really, really flexible <laughs> in HR. And um, then for those in um, postgraduate that have done the few HR roles, I think, um, you know, you, you probably know more where you're going. Um, mm -hmm. in life and it's okay like I've um, if anyone uh, looks on my um, LinkedIn they'll see I 
there's there, I spent a good bit of time in each role, but I did move uh, around and there was there was one role that I definitely made a mistake in. I, I it just wasn't for me. I think it's important that you align yourself with your the values of the company are the same as yourself. Yeah. Um, and um, I think just just go with your gut and just keep um, learning and um, and listening. That's it, really. Fantastic. Aileen, it was such a pleasure to talk to you today. I can I can feel the enthusiasm and passion for HR <laughs> um, very much and it, it, it's a tonic. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time and I'm sure all of our listeners will really benefit from your advice. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Ahead of the Curve, a HR podcast from Technological University, Dublin.